every leader has problems. Increasing your leadership intensity won't fix them in a healthy way. You need an increase of clarity. From starting businesses, leading multiple nonprofit organizations, both large and small, and a full family life, Dr. Chris McAllister learned how to shift his thinking to thrive. He will help you order your internal world so you can lead your external world. Welcome to the Site Shift Lead Podcast with Chris McAllister. All right, so we're often blending the lines between artistic creativity and leadership on this podcast. I don't even feel like we're blending the lines because it's true to who we are. Again, sight shift. When you're secure in who you are, it overflows into what you do. So as a leader, you're going to bring who you are to that. It'll be creative and artistic, even if it doesn't look within some kind of predefined stereotype of what artistry or creativity looks like. Uh, At the same end, uh, for you, you might track deeply with the vibe of what it means to completely be non-conformist in every way, uh, that you are not going to build bricks for Pharaoh and that you're going after that thing that is in you. So what we want to do today is really put some words and phrases to what blocks our ability to bring the full expression of who we are, our creativity, our artistic endeavors to everything that we do so that we're living inspired lives, not tired lives. Um, I was leading an event about, uh, I lose track of time, a month and a half ago, and uh, we were going really deep on identity. And this elderly woman actually spoke up and said, now I know why I stopped making my art. And I'm going to help you get that same insight that she had. What we don't realize, and this is just a common uh, lie that everybody believes, is that creativity is not something that's achieved or gained. It's unblocked. So that if you ask, I forget this study, and I think I've referenced it before, so I should look it up and get it precise, but who freaking cares? Uh, It's my podcast. I can botch it up if I want, right? Uh, But so if you ask a room full of kindergartners, how many of your artists' hands are up? Boom. Yeah, me, 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 me. And as you go up through the grades, less and less hands go up. Why? Because they start to believe a lie that they're not artistic or creative or they're afraid to be creative because their expression is going to get shut down. Whatever's happening, okay, in society, we got to fix that. What I want to do is help individuals really get clarity on what blocks their creativity, the reason their art is tired, not inspired, and it comes down to one word. It's simple, but yet it's complex in how it manifests itself in our lives, and it's deep. Here it is. Here's the one word. It's fear. It's fear. What happens is hurt dings us, and we begin to begin we begin to be afraid, and so we don't bring the full unobstructed expression of who we are to what we do. And because we have a false understanding of ourself, uh, our art ends up expressing itself in a way that isn't uh, the pure, unadulterated expression that it was intended to be. Look, when you know who you are, then your artistic expression will flow with beauty and clarity, even as it includes the struggles of life. That's why uh, we react so quickly now to flat storylines where the character isn't changing for better or for worse, because we know that that isn't how life works. So I love helping creatives figure out who they are apart from what they do, because the more they understand their pain, the better gifts they can give the world. When your art is about getting a response for the needs of your ego, then you're manipulating. When you need a response more than you have something to give, then your artistic expression is diluted and confused. Same with your leadership. So I want to walk through how you might be getting in the way 
of what you're supposed to be creating, what's in you, not what you have to do, but what you want to do, what you get to do. Well, maybe you feel like you have to do it because it's like, oh, I got to do this. I know what that feels like. Uh, So first confession. And so I'm going to read these in a way that they're personalized or state them in a way that they're personalized because maybe you'll identify with it that way. I'm constantly critical of my artistic efforts. I mentally tear myself down for motivation. Look, this is just based on a fear that you're defective. So the tape playing in your head is constantly tearing you down, that you're bad, that there's something wrong with you, that you're corrupt. And when you believe that about yourself, then what you don't know is that your love for who you are, whether you uh, experience any kind of change in your life or not, when you don't believe that your love for who you are, Tearing yourself down may work in the short term to motivate you, but it'll keep you from sustaining the highest levels of quality output. I want to state that again. Uh, The highest levels of quality output. I'm talking about you being at the edge of your artistic abilities and being to show up and bring that full expression consistently. Not that you don't have periods of rest and different rhythms. But if tearing yourself down motivates you in the short term, you hurt your long-term ability. And this is how you fry and fry yourself and get burned out. Second confession. And these are the lies and fears that hold back that creativity, that artistic expression. Second confession. I manipulate others with my artistic expression to get attention. So if you don't think that you're seen or known or heard for who you are, The basis of your creative expression is about how appealing you are or aren't. Uh, So you could be doing things that are in your face and jarring just to get attention. Um, You could also be doing things that are uh, very blasé just to go along with the status quo. Either way, there's a lie that work. There's a lie that's at work, and it fosters insecurity to try to get uh, so that you try to get love from others even if you have to manipulate them by giving what will please or infuriate your audience. You're not creating out of an overflow. You're just seeking a reaction. And again, I'm not saying things don't happen uh, artistically that make some bank that are out of these confessions or help a person develop a career. But we're talking about being in the game from a creative standpoint consistently with all of who we are. So third confession, the quality of my artistic work communicates that I'm valuable and have worth. So when this is the lie or the fear, what happens for you is you wake up, you've got these negative points on your scoreboard, you are a driving taskmaster. And what eventually happens, and the reason you crumble on the inside, is because you can't separate who you are from your work or your portfolio. Uh, So that you look at a portfolio and say, that's me. That's who I am. And and your identity is more than your ideas. Your identity is more than your work. Your identity is more than your artistic expression. You know, this is how people get locked into their existential crisis as an artist at some point down the road because they look at things and go, ah, I want to pivot into something different or take a different pathway. And it's hard for them to not only get their audience to endorse that, but for them to think in, in, in a way that produces a lot of clarity about the steps they should take because they're so wrapped up in defining who they are with the work that they've accomplished. Confession four, I maintain extreme discipline in my creative work, but binge with destructive behaviors for short seasons. 
Here's the way this looks like, or this is what this looks like. When you think you don't have a unique identity in the world, what happens is you struggle with extreme self-indulging uh, or extreme self-indulging in behaviors that are this false attempt to comfort your pain. Um, I think of Richard Pryor. I think I used him in one of the 12 episodes that are a part of the coaching program we do, the first 12 episodes of this podcast, where he had all of this creative talent that he's unleashing on the stage, uh, and he brought everything of who he was to the stage, he worked very hard at his craft, but he comes off the stage, and because he didn't know how to uh, figure out who he was apart from his work, he would come off the stage and then binge in his cocaine habit. Now, yours may not be as dramatic as uh, Richard Pryor's, but it's painful when you wonder if anybody really, really ever sees you uh, for who you are. Maybe you feel like they're always looking past you or ignoring you. When you're seen for who you uniquely are, that you're loved right where you are for who you are, then you don't have to self-indul- self-indulge. And it unblocks your ability to navigate the difference between the work that you do the creative uh, pursuits that you're involved in, and who you are in your identity. Confession five, I mask the pain in other parts of my life with obsessive focus on my artistic efforts. So you could be hearing this and doing great from a standpoint of developing your creativity. You may have a positive critical reception uh, to your work, but you still struggle. You may even be sage-like in your respective field of creation, but your heart feels pain almost like this abscessed tooth. Maybe you resent some person ahead of you in your field. Tons of people would be grateful for where you are, but you can't help stop comparing. Uh, maybe you can't get along with one of your kids or, or, or whatever. This isn't an attempt to take you down. It's just that you've bought into a, a lie. At some point, you've come to believe you're incompetent, except in artistic expression, and that you don't have what it takes anywhere else. So you've specialized in this one area of your life. Why step into places you might lose when you can go where you'll always win? When this fear is at work, more than anything else, it's just knowing that patience is available so that you can build a bridge from the way you're killing it in your creative pursuits to growing, and there are going to be growing pains, into the other areas of your life. Confession six, I'm never accomplished enough as an artist that I feel peace. If you struggle always with, or if you struggle with your mind always going to the worst case scenario, your pursuit of the mental image of the artist you strive to be will feel like a hamster wheel. Uh, A crippling amount of anxiety means you want to believe if you accomplish the right goals, then maybe you won't be a washed out artist. And so internally, there's never a sense of rest. The earth's going to give out from underneath you at any moment. Uh, And what this liar fear blocks up is the ability to relax your way into your creative pursuits. Seven, confession. I use the thrill of creating to escape. So this sounds a little weird unless you struggle with this. The pain is there. I mean, it's like it's throbbing. There's this lie that you have to be self-reliant and that suffocates you. Uh, You think nobody else is going to help you. Nobody's looking out for you. You've experienced abandonment, believe you've got to take care of yourself. So this pain of isolation and loneliness becomes your only friend, and creating has become the companion to help you escape. That is awesome, in a sense. But until you can internally understand that you're taken care of, it's going to block your ability long-term to to connect with your audience and really build 
uh, not only the artistic pursuit that you want to build, but the business around it. I, I know that there's a lot of people out there that pursue artistic careers, and they're great at binge working into their art, but terrible at building the business side of it. Some can really build the business side of it, but their art isn't that inspiring. Theirs would be a different fear they'd struggle with. If you have difficulty building the business side of things, it's possible that for you, you feel like uh, there's a disconnect from the people that you're creating for because they're going to abandon you at any, mo- at any moment. This also ties into the eighth uh, liar fear, the, and I'll word it as a confession. I am a lonely artist. If anyone gets too close, I end up creating conflict to push her away. Here's the way this works. You've made some bad choices. Uh, you want to rebel against any relationship of interdependence so you can overassert your dependence. You've been de- betrayed. It sucks. It hurts. And so you don't want anybody too close because you don't want to get hurt again. And I get that. You often create conflict to keep others at distance. You bristle at the thought of someone too close because it feels like they're going to have some kind of control over you. But yet this isolation seethes underneath the surface. And because of this, oftentimes you may do work that gets a lot of accolades, but extremely lonely on the inside. So those are two related seven and eight, but still different expressions. Uh, Ninth, the confession. I ignore problems today that will cripple me from creating tomorrow. Uh, Why would you turn the other way when you know if you ignore the problem you're having with the business side of your work? There will be a price paid tomorrow, right? Why would you do that? Why would you kick the can down the road? Here's why. Because when you feel like you don't matter or you're overwhelmed with a sense of disconnection, what's home for me? What's family for me? Uh, You think if I had a sense of home, my problems would go away. So you ignore any problems right now that would threaten any sense of this false peace. And so you look the other way while some part of you or your business deteriorates. If you think about it this way, your home, your metaphysical existential home is the studio where you create. And you'll ignore anything that might take you away from that studio. Peace isn't present when problems are gone. We'll always have problems. It's learning that we can tap into peace that gives us courage to make changes and solve problems. When we learn how to get what we need in our identity, and it answers these nine fears, our creative efforts flow out of who we are, not who we are trying to prove we are, which produces a false form of art. Every moment of fear and vulnerability represents the possibility of an amazing moment of transformation. That transformation can overflow to the beauty that you create. And it's only that you get to this space, that moment, when you know you're not defined by, by your productions, your portfolio, the work you want to do, but your identity is separate from that and, and can be secure. So if you want more help diving into these fears uh, or understanding this, go back and listen to the first 12 episodes. Uh, reach out to me, Chris at chrismcallister.com. Love to help you any way we can. And may you be on this journey free from fear, Uh, 51% courage, 49% fear even, moving forward afraid to keep creating what is in you, sharing that gift in a beautiful way. Thanks for listening. Peace. 
This has been The Sight Shift, lead podcast with Chris McAllister. Thank you for listening.